Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I tell everybody every week is my mantra to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. I also tell people about their passion, to leave with their gifts, and don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. On my show, I interview for consumers as well as business owners, access, and give them access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and what I like to call industry decision makers. I ask them advice on giving us secrets to their success. My next guest is Dr. Simone Whitmore. She's a board-certified OBGYN and star on Bravo's Married to Medicine. Returning for his eighth season with guests, well, some of the co-stars or stars, uh, Dr. Jacqueline, uh, of course, uh, Miss Dr. Whitmore, Dr. Heavenly, who's a dentist, uh, Dr. Tessa, who's an occup- in occupational medicine, Toya, who's, well, Toya, now married to a doctor, and friends of the cast <laughs> like Lisa Nicole, Quad Webb, and Carrie Wells. New cast member this season, Anila, a saw on the pilot, first year. She's a fashion blogger, but she's married to a doctor. Dr. Simone Whitmore is on my show to talk about COVID-19, civil unrest that's airing on the season that she's experienced personally as well, and the upcoming season of marriage, which is the HC, the Marriage to Medicine, and the realities of being a real doctor on a reality show. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for the very first time, and I'm happy to have her on the show, Dr. Simone Whitmore. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, and thank you so much for having me. First of all, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And, um, you know, the, the reality shows at one time were considered, a, thought it would be a fad, thought they wouldn't last, and at one time they were really out of control. They were physically out of control and a lot of a lot of noise, a lot of cussing, a lot of fussing, a lot of drink throwing. And you decided that being a certified doctor into this realm, what what drove you or what was the motivation behind being a part of Married to Medicine? The reason I was willing to film reality TV is because I felt that little Black girls in America needed to see somebody that didn't come from money. I came from an alcoholic dad, a Mm -hmm. single mom, Mm -hmm. and I know how to have a good time Mm -hmm. and live my life without the white coat. Mm -hmm. And I wanted little brown girls in America to see that if I did it, she can do it too. Well, you know, you are doing that. It's in this eighth season, and it's all about branding, too, and always about what people think of you and what people think. This is not a negative interview. These are just basic questions and that, mm-hmm. are, that I'm just probing and just trying to get your story out because I think it's a really great story. And I've watched, yeah. the series, I've watched the show off and on over the years, and my background is casting and producing, so I'm very familiar with your talents. And a lot of your cast members, Quad Webb has been on my show several times. I'm a big fan of hers. And so, mm-hmm. but when you when you're a practicing doctor like you are and you're on a reality show does it and you have a, a, a practice does it ever become an issue with the people that you are that you are that are your patients so most of my patients who've been with me for years they know who I am mm-hmm. I may say a little mild cuss word mm-hmm. in the office trying to be funny mm-hmm. and my patients understand me when I came to reality TV, 
I came as my authentic self. No more, no less, just my authentic self. And what is your authentic self? I'm just asking. Mm -hmm. I love medicine. I love OBGYN, but Mm -hmm. I also like to have a good time, hang out, Mm -hmm. shop, have a cocktail after hours. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And I love to laugh. Well, you know, I think you're. I think in hearing what you're saying, you want to break the stereotype. Or if there is a stereotype, you want to say, "This is me, and it's all right to be me." With no, with no, um, I guess you know, standards or, because some people kind of put people on pedestals, and I think that's what you're saying. That please look at me. I'm Dr. Simone Whitmore. I am. I am board certified. I am successful. I'm happily married. I have a son about to go to college. He's living a good life and you know, I live in a beautiful home. Why can't I be me? Why can't I be, why can't I dress this way in this fashion, fashion savvy? Why can't I eat this way? Why can't I laugh out loud in public? So in your sense, you're feeling that there are certain standards that people hold doctors to that should be pulled down or accepted that it's all right to be a human being. Not to say that any standard that we have or the way we see our doctors should be pulled down. Yes, ma'am. But they should be humanized. Yes, ma'am. We are human first. And Mm -hmm. I have that doctor before my name now. Mm -hmm. I have that MD after my name, but it's not on my birth certificate. It does not define who I am. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a girlfriend. And again... Life is about ha- being well-rounded. My dad always taught me that. Be well-rounded. Well, you know, the thing, I, I got that impression of you. Uh, and the first episode of the eighth season, which I did get a chance to see, because I wanted to make sure I was caught up to speed on where the characters were being developed. And first of the first, basically the first episode is your episode. Like I said, you joked off air. I just said, you know, you star, why not? And so it ended with you and you and you uh, watching my show. Come on, I'm not mad at you. you. You and Jackie still got issues. Heavenly got issues. You know, your son about to go off to college. But I thought there was a real tender moment in there with your conversation with your son about racism. You know, because that's a reality that, you know, I have a daughter, she's, uh, you know, she's in college and, but even having a young African-American male, that has to be even more stressful knowing he's going to an environment that may have seeds of racism. Talk about that. And we're just talking about parenting. That's me and I, we're both parents, but you had a conversation <laughs> with your son. How do you feel? And, you know, lights aren't on and, and lights, like, you know, I, I felt there was a real conversation you was having with him, but there still has to be some hesitation about him walking out that door and, and because you want him to come home, you want him to, when he when you call that phone, you want him to answer, you want him to be there when he's happy, you want to be there when he's sad, but you don't want to be there when somebody's doing him wrong because you didn't put 18 years of your life into him or bring him into this world for ignorance to step into, you know, shortening his life or causing difficulty in his life. We've always taught our sons to respect authority, to not run your mouth not to talk back when uh, a police or a teacher or any adult is talking to you. But one of the most important things we try to teach our sons, do not have an encounter with the police. Mm -hmm. So it means abiding by the law, not speeding when you are driving down the highway. And we had always thought if we taught our boys, be respectful, follow the rules, that they would always come home. And George Floyd, that video last year showed us 
that you don't have to be doing anything illegal. You don't have to be running. You don't have to be talking back. And you could still lose your life based on someone else's perception of what they think a black man is. And that's, you know, being a black man. And I think the, and you, and, and, and at the end of the premiere episode of the eighth season, they do, the fellas get around talking about, you know, um, being pulled over, being a black man in America. The reality is that you are raising a young black man in America uh, and, He's going to a school. Tell us about the school that he's going to, you know, not in the environment and how, what makes you feel comfortable about him going? Because he has to feel comfortable because he's going, okay? But what also is making you feel uncomfortable about the environment that he's going to? So the school is Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. Cleveland, Tennessee is a small town in Tennessee that's near Chattanooga, but I just remember that during the pandemic, the school was closed. We drove up to Cleveland, Tennessee, just to drive around the campus to see what it was like, since he didn't get the traditional tour with school open. And I just remember as we're driving through this small town of Cleveland, seeing all of the Confederate flags. So when I saw those, of course, I became concerned downtown Cleveland has a Confederate monument, which is walking distance from the school. And it's a small school, majority white. It's a Christian school. And the reason we were willing to take the chance for him to go to Lee University, number one, you just hope, you really hope that people who are claiming to be Christians are Christians. Somehow that God is touching their minds, their souls, mm-hmm. their bodies to really live a Christian life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there were some other basketball players whom he had spoken with over the summer who had not had any racial encounters and were not having any difficult time on campus is the reason we decided that it would be okay for him to attend Lee University. You know, the interesting thing about it is that this is part of... Married to medicine. This is a part of the lessons, uh, life lessons that are relatable to it because this, this that storyline was relatable to me. My daughter mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, uh, um, a tennis phenom at 16. And so she was going mm-hmm. out there playing. Then she blew out her knee at 19 and now she's in college. And I'm very happy for her. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is that where can you send your son that he won't experience racism indirectly or directly? Correct. You feel me? So, Correct. so you're, you're basically, and you and your husband are basically saying, yes, we're uncomfortable, but this is life. You know, we yeah. hope we've raised him. And I'm not putting any words in your mouth. I'm just talking like a parent that hopefully we raised him with the values. Like you told him, you know, if it's a 35, drive 35, son. Okay. You know, avoid ignorance. If, if a cop pulls you over 10 2 on the steering wheel, say yes or no, sir. Tell you get out the car, get out the car. Don't be playing loud music unnecessarily. So these are the rules that we live by because of the color of our skin. And like you said, all of America, all of America, because was involved in was in the uproar, including white people when they finally saw it. And that's I think that we all were happy finally. When you saw that on top of COVID, because you are a legitimate doctor, how did it affect your practice and also your daily life when COVID came on top of it reality? Because we all thought COVID was going to be a couple of months and we returned to normal. It's not. Right. right. Working in the medical field during a pandemic has been an interesting thing. You know, continually, I don't work in fear at all. 
but just trying to make sure that I stayed up to date and educated on this virus because it felt like it was changing. Things were changing in the medical field week by week early on. And just making sure that I updated my patients and encouraged them to stay safe. You know, I had pregnant patients during this time and I don't want to see them sick. And sometimes the young people are a little harder to convince that the virus is real and deadly. Well, you know, isn't it when we all immortal when we were that age, you know, we get sick, right. we get up, you know, I, I used to tell friends, you know, I, I used to get a flu. I go play a game of basketball and as they say, sweat it out of me. And so <laughs> right. I, I try to sweat it out of me now. I'll be, I'll be laying on the court, doc. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, but the, the beauty of this show is that you have friends, you know, one of your friends, and this was one of the lead storylines of the opening season was your friendship with Jackie. 23 years in. And I'm just to let you know that in the in the opening episode, Jackie was constantly talking about getting back with you, talking about I just want to reconcile. And then they showed you constantly never saying that. They constantly right. said that you well, you know, I I don't know what it is what it is, you know. And as a producer and an editor, I know they can play characters to develop storylines. And so this is a person you've known for 23 years. She's an original member of the show along with yourself. Where do you go when you see these storylines being developed? And we're going to get to Heavenly in a minute. But I want to talk about the friendship of Jackie and Simone. Mm -hmm. So I, again, I come to reality TV as my authentic self. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fake a friendship. I am not going to pretend to make up unless my heart is really in it. And Jackie and I have known each other a very long time. And of all the cast on this show, she knows me the best. Uh, I know her the best. And I did not want to make up for TV's sake. I just wasn't interested. Either we were going to have a genuine sit-down conversation or not. But I didn't want to make up just for TV's sake. I'm just asking now. I don't know. I'm just asking. So what is makeup for TV sake versus having a genuine sit down? Would it be on camera or would it be off camera between you and Jack? It could be either one, quite frankly, because, again, I'm going to express my real thoughts and opinions. And it doesn't matter whether a camera is rolling or not. Right. When you stay true to who you are, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether a camera is present or not. Well, you've shown that now. You've shown that. Now, Heavenly, how has Heavenly, who's a dentist, you know, y'all y'all joke about that a lot throughout the seasons, though. We just said, Dr. Dennis, even Anila came in cracking jokes. She's like, she going to crack jokes. She's a blogger, okay? Going to crack jokes on the dentist. Um, so how does she get in between the two of you guys? Did I miss that episode or something? Well, so in actual... In actuality, I don't think that Heavenly came between me and Jackie. And that is how I felt last year. But in the pandemic, I spent more time at home. I was able to think about things and get my feelings in check, if you will. And basically, I mean, Heavenly and I have gone back and forth, back and forth, getting along, not getting along over the years since she started the show on season two as a matter of fact 
she hated me and Jackie when she started. We hated her. The feeling was mutual. But over the years, we had all grown to become close friends. But Hemley and I would get into it, wouldn't talk for a couple of months on and off camera. And Jackie always gave me her thoughts and opinions. She would tell me, I think you shouldn't even be taking this stuff Hemley's saying too serious. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be doing this Mm -hmm. or you should be doing that. Mm -hmm. And she always talked to both of us. This time, my friend of 23 years (laughs) decided she didn't have any words on it because I guess she didn't want to hurt my feelings. But she knows me. She had never bitten her tongue before. And you know that expression, cat got your tongue? Mm -hmm. I'll just leave you with the cat. Well, you know, y'all did have a sit down when she said that she was going to be, it was on camera, that she didn't want to make a decision. She wanted to make a, and then you took that very personal. And so I see now, you know, Dr. Heavenly, who is a dentist, by the way, is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is reveling in this breakup. I think she's reveling in driving a wedge between the relationship. And personally, and I personally, I don't think Jackie sees that. Am I correct in assuming that? I think Jackie is naive or she's, or she has developed a wall of stubbornness I, to, uh, to say that I, she's not going to be bothered. So I don't think, I definitely think Jackie is aware of what Heavenly is doing, but Heavenly is also Jackie's bulldog. Right. And so maybe that is just a strategy that you'd rather have this bulldog who defends you even on the days you're wrong. She's still defending you. Mm -hmm. Well, the interesting thing about my show is called Money Making Conversation. You are an entrepreneur. A small business owner. <laughs> Let's talk about that whole process of dealing with, because uh, people want to hear my show about advice. What would you give? And oh, starting to practice. How would yes. you hire people? I always tell people you got to have a great HR person when you you got to have a great accountant. That's my early notes to anybody starting to start, especially accountant. Don't be sitting over there talking, trying to do books by yourself, and you've never done books before. So as a, as, a, as, a as an entrepreneur who start up, because you represent you know the fastest growing population in entrepreneurship are African-American females. And you are an African-American female. You are a star. You are a brand. Talk about being a small business owner just when you started, but also now during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. What I would talk, what I would recommend for anybody who is starting a business, do as much research as you possibly can before you start your business. Right. Know the industry you're going into Know some of the pitfalls of the industry you're going into. And for me, I was already practicing medicine before I opened up a business. You can't even imagine how hard it's going to be until you actually open those doors. Right. But I do agree with you that you have to have an accountant who gives you advice regularly. And what I like to say is count all your pennies, look for your pennies, figure out ways when you're buying supplies that you could save money Mm -hmm. because you may be only buying from this supplier. Mm -hmm. But then somebody over here has a cheaper learn how to build relationships so that when you need help, you can get help. You need a banking relationship. That relationship 
with an accountant. You need uh, relationships with people in the industry who are doing the exact same thing you're doing just to get advice on the pitfalls. When they actually happen, how to get out of those pitfalls. And just know that no matter what happens, you can always depend on yourself in business for yourself. There you go. Now, one, one, one closing question is about... You didn't plan on, because we talked about budget. You say, always count your pennies. Know where every penny is. We did yeah. not think, and I'm saying, I'm a business owner. I did not see masks in my budget. I didn't see uh, hand sanitizer in my budget. I didn't see working from home in my budget. And uh, telemedicine, yeah. I'm sure, will picked up strongly in your business. But like I say, you're dealing with, with you know, OBGYN profession. So telemedicine, almost like, what is that? So how did that affect your business model and also your employees? How did you work through that? Like, I was able to do teleconferencing because I'm just dealing with graphics and I'm a production company, but you're in medicine. How did you deal with that and how did your patients deal with that? So definitely... Finding PPE to purchase and purchasing PPE was an additional expense. But what I tell any anybody who's in business for themselves, always save for a rainy day. Because if you have savings, when you run into these additional expenses, it just shouldn't be that big of a deal. So you either have the savings or you have a credit line with the bank available to help you in a, in a financial need. But with staff, I try to stay calm and try to reassure them. For me, with pregnant patients, I was not able to do all of the visits using telemedicine. Surely we did some, but not all. And what I did was we continued to come to the office. We shortened the office hours and I continued to make payroll for the full 40 hours a week. But again, just looking for resources out there. Right. There were a ton of resources available to small businesses. I applied for the PPP loan. My big bank didn't give it to me, so I went to my small bank. And again, I have two banks. I have the big bank. I have the small bank. Nobody told me to do it that way. That is just one of those life lessons that I learned early on in practice. And I've been in solo practice since 2004. So you learn things and there are always going to be hiccups and speed bumps. You just have to learn something from every speed bump in the road. Well, you know, I, I got to close on that. I said it was my last question, but I had to bring this up because my wife is important in my life. You know, uh, <laughs> when those speed bumps that you're talking about, those speed bumps, you got to turn to somebody for some truth and sometimes for some advice. Sometimes that truth is not what you want to hear, but it also comes with good advice because you know that person's going to be honest with you. So I'm leaving my question to your husband who plays an amazing supporting role. I'm going to just tell you, doctor, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours. I've always been a fan of yours. And when you had that conversation with your son, uh, when he was shooting that basketball, I was over the roof with you because that was pure... Uh, that was pure honesty to me, you know, because it was relatable to me, and uh, and it and it and it and it was a seed that bore out of your husband being there because African American young men need that male, that male look, how to treat women, look, how what you do, and all these different situations. So talk about the, your strong support group, you know, my man. Talk about him right quick before we close it out. 
<laughs> so Cecil and I have been married for 25 years, and he has definitely been a great sounding board when I've asked him about business advice, and he loves to do research. But as any marriage goals. We have certainly had our struggles. Our marriage actually came to the brink of the brink of a divorce, which I shared on reality TV. And I was so thankful for this reality TV family who helped us to realize that we were being stubborn. We had stopped listening to one another and we were able not only to reconcile, but to make some differences in our marriage so that we could keep on going and and not just keep going, but keep going strong. Well, my friend, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I'm a, I just want to really lay it on the line because I know you do a lot of interviews <laughs> and, and I try not to be fake when I bring people. I try to do my research. I try to acknowledge the fact and I try to give good questions and allow you to move the conversation forward. But more importantly, I only want people on my show that I want to talk to. So, <laughs> and I definitely want to thank you for having me. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on Money Making Conversation. And good luck. You are the star of Married to Medicine, okay? <laughs> tell everybody, Rashawn said that, okay? I said it, girlfriend. Right. <laughs> Don't feel quiet. All right. If you want to see more episodes of Money Making Conversation or listen to episodes of Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am.